Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello, everyone. It's Friday again, and this means time for our CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast, where we discuss what moves markets and the week up front. With me today is our Chief Investment Officer in the Americas, Deepak Puri. Deepak, welcome back. Happy Friday. Great to have you. Great, Eva. Happy Friday to you as well. Let's start, uh, Deepak, it feels uh, like one could hear a slight sigh of relief uh, when looking at stock markets today. Uh, sentiment was boosted by some positive uh, data from China. And then also uh, Europe's equity markets continued their kind of, let's say, po more positive momentum uh, after the ECB lifted the interest rates to 4% to what could potentially be uh, the end of the cycle. Let's briefly touch base on the on the ECB meeting this week. Did we reach the peak? Yeah, good question. It looks like we are, but uh, you cannot rule out another rate increase. Just to give our listeners a perspective, this, this was the 10th consecutive time Uh, that the ECB increased its rate in an attempt to further cool down the inflationary pressures. This is at deposit rates of 4%. We are looking at an all-time high uh, deposit rate uh, for the Eurozone. And then the ECB president, Christine Lagarde, did say that uh, even though a solid majority of the rate setters favored this increase, there was a minority that packed back to pause. So, you know, I would say most likely it is, um, you know, done and dusted from here on. But you cannot rule out, um, you know, an another rate increase if the macroeconomic data, especially the inflation numbers, warrant it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's turn to your turf, uh, the U.S. Uh, DPEC. We've seen several data releases. I think most important, uh, it's fair to say, was the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. Uh, we've also seen uh, the producer price index coming out, retail sales, and then also we have uh, topics on the radar like the looming government shutdown and uh, out today, uh, the United Auto Workers strike. Can you maybe put this all a bit into context for us? And also, what does it mean for next week for the Fed? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of moving pieces, as you just um, noted. You know, firstly, on the, the week just happened, the CPI data, I think, um, the disinflation traction that we have been seeing is well underway. I think that's the key takeaway. Um, you know, the even though the headline did increase year over year from 33 to 3.7%, it was uh, really uh, on the heels of uh, the crude prices going up, um, which is something that the Fed really cannot have any impact on. The core prices, which is where the Fed is really focused on, continues its downward trajectory. So it went down from 4.7% in the month of July to 4.4% year over year for the month of August. And also the monthly month over month increase was pretty much in line at 0.3%. The only takeaway was the airfares. And I think that's where the, the reading is heartening because August is by far, as we know, as a holiday month. Uh, is one of the busiest uh, you know, travel months. So the fact that the airfares were up uh, close to 5%, uh, the Fed would think of it as a one-off. It's not something that's going to stay with us or persist as we enter the fall months. So overall, I think uh, the disinflationary narrative that the Fed has been talking about, and then that's giving market the comfort of a soft landing stays with us. With regards to PPI, we saw somewhat similar. You know, it has also started to go down. It has been going down even at a much more dramatic pace than the CPI. And then on the retail sales, um, 
the the number was uh, strong for the month of august but there were downward remissions for the month of june and july so overall i would not read too much into it uh, I, i think when you look uh, next week for the fed um the the recent macro data just makes it a bit more easier compared to the ecb for the fed to stay pause you know so i think what you're looking at and what is widely expected is fed to stay uh, pause for the fed funds rate at 5 and a quarter to 550 Uh, however this might be a hawkish pause meaning that the statement accompanying the policy decision might say that the november meeting is still a live meeting and the fed is going to be data dependent going forward um the other thing that i'm looking for forward to really is the new summary of economic projections that's going to come out uh, i want to see if the uh, any changes have been made with regards to the r neutral which is the uh, the rate that the fed feels it balances both of its dual mandate the price stability versus unemployment and then um, you know if there's any change to the terminal rate uh, from the fed the participants so so that's a lot of things happening but um, I, i think we are in for a pause from the fed uh, a little bit of a hawkish pause okay fair enough so a pause uh, for next week and then it's all around the the context provided next week in the meeting can you uh, just give us uh, a few sentences on uh, the uh, the looming government shutdown in the US and also the united auto workers strike absolutely and i know you mentioned it briefly uh, i i i let me go through those two important things at least from a us perspective so first on the um, the government shutdown we are 16 days to the shutdown the us fiscal year runs october 1st to september and um the budget has been passed but the appropriation committee which really decides which agency is getting how much dollar is still up and we don't have too many legislative days from now till the uh, september end to make that decision and this is mostly also the fact that the house which is run by the gop has focused on some other things uh, like the impeachment of the president and uh, indictments against hunter biden so there are other things happening that's keeping the house busy now there are two options one is a somewhat of a short term punt which means a short term resolution using what's called cr continuing resolutions that funds the government at current levels uh, the you know the house might be okay with that in because as long as there's some fema Uh, bill if you remember you know there is um, some weather related disaster so the fema needs to give it, be given money and that is a bipartisan issue so maybe that happens the other alternative eva would be a shutdown and if there's a shutdown you know um, we are looking at as probably at not the best of times because the economy is secular forces are making economy to slow down now there are two sort of blueprints here the longest shutdown in the us um, history has been in from december 2018 to january 2019 it was 35 days it impacted 20% of the government and it subtracted 11 billion dollars from the gdp but the more important one was really the one in october of 2013 related to obamacare um, at that point we had a hard catalyst for the congress to come together and pass a bill this time around i don't really see what that catalyst catalyst would be for the congress to come and do uh, pass a bill and what the the last thing i would say with regards to government shutdown is that if there is a government shutdown some of the agencies like the bureau of labor standards statistics may not be able to get the data that the fed needs to make its policy decisions so come november the fed might be actually flying blind 
to make its policy decision because you're not getting the the most recent data being compiled. So that's in something to, to take note of. And then you mentioned the United Auto Workers strike that just happened over the midnight. Um, you know, 13,000 workers stopped working. It just tells you that the inflation narrative is hitting uh, the workers. And when you look at the some of the asks they have, it's a pretty, uh, you know, daunting uh, from a company perspective because, um, you know, both the, the three big automakers have said this is going to be road to bankruptcy. So I don't know. There's going to be a middle ground, but negotiations are still going on. It just tells you how inflation and wage inflation in particular is here to stay. Indeed, indeed, something to watch. You've mentioned crude prices before, uh, and uh, it's it's also playing into into the topic of inflation. We've seen uh, oil prices uh, hitting uh, their highs uh, just this week, uh, mainly driven by concerns about supply. Uh, you know, uh, question is in the room: Will we kind of see a three-digit number on the on the barrel of oil? Where do you see this is heading? Well, nothing can be ruled out, right? The three-digit uh, is is definitely on the card, especially if the Chinese stimulus policies gain more momentum and you start seeing uh, more, you know, better macro data, especially on the growth side coming from China, because that has been really uh, the, the marginal uh, factor driving the crude prices along with some unreliable supply and the supply quotas being cut by the OPEC plus. So yes, it seems like the uh, the path of least resistance as of today is for oil prices to go up. Having said that, I think as you enter 2024, where we expect the global growth to slow down, um, you know, inflation coming down. So you would expect a, a little bit more balanced supply demand dynamics. And hence our, you know, 12 month forecast going to September end is $88 for the Brent, um, you know, which is slightly lower than where we are today. Let's uh, let's hope this will happen. Let's turn uh, ahead and and look into the next week, Deepak. Uh, what are uh, the events we need to keep on the radar and which may have an impact on markets? Yeah, I think the key is it's a it's a busy central banking uh, you know week uh, with the Fed on Wednesday, then Bank of England, BOJ, then other Scandinavian countries, Norway, Sweden, and then finally Switzerland. They all have their central bank meetings. I think the Fed is going to be really the uh, the highlight of the week. Uh, and as I said, we really don't expect much here. We expect a pause. The wording would be that of a hawkish pause. And then the focus would be on the summary of economic projections. And if during the press conference, uh, Chairman Powell gives some sense of, you know, uh, whether we have reached the terminal rate on the Fed or not. Brilliant. Deepak, uh, that's a wrapper for me. Thanks so much for your time. Dear listeners, this was this week's edition of our weekly investment outlook podcast. Have a great week and bye for now. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. 
The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC, and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information, and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2023, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.